Dr. Arthur Perry. He's one of the top plastic surgeons. He's got offices in Manhattan, New Jersey. You know, and he's been doing a show here on WOR for years and years and years. Very uh, popular show and a great plastic surgeon. Everybody has questions on this subject, so uh, he's the guy to ask. Dr. Arthur Perry. John, the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. <laughs> and I went to his office, and I said, mm. I said, look at my face. And he goes, yeah, look at your face. We're going to do with your face. What can you do with his face? I go like that. I swear to God. I go, look at this. I'm getting old. Like I said, I'm going to maybe you could fix it up a little bit. Dr. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur, and I want to get applaud you, having worked with you on a book and numerous other activities. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. Remarkable knowledge, but also your grace in delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And I hope you're all having a great weekend. Get ready for the storms rolling in. Uh, but other than that, it was a wonderful day, right? Well, I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon. That's what I do. That's what I do on the radio. I do plastic surgery. Not really doing plastic surgery, but I talk about it on the radio. And I talk about your appearance and dermatology and things of that nature. And uh, that's what this show is all about. So you've tuned into the right show this Saturday evening as you're uh, coming into the, the city, going to a restaurant maybe, maybe to a show or maybe you're headed out towards the Catskills or something uh, like that. Is there? I guess there's still Catskills, right? Uh, you know, the mountains are there. It's the resorts that have changed. Well, this show is about you. It's about wrinkles. It's about jowls. It's about small breasts. It's about protruding bellies. That's what this show is all about. This is the Plastic Surgery Show. You can give us a call by calling 800-321-0710. That's 800-321-0710. 0710. It's a free call in the continental United States. Give me a call. We'll be sending out bottles of daytime. Daytime is that SPF 20 sunscreen, which really, as you think about it, is all you need. You know, people talk about using 30 or 50 or 60, but an SPF 20 will actually filter out more than 93% of the sun's rays. 93% is the number for an SPF 15. So you hit up, get up to a 20. It's probably, I don't know the exact number because they don't release those exact statistics, but it's probably around 94.5% if you extrapolate the data. So you get about 94%. What it does, an SPF 15 lets you go out into the sun for five hours if you're a person that would normally burn at 20 minutes, which is what a light-skinned person will do. They'll burn at 20 minutes in uh, midday sun. So if you have an SPF 15 on, it will extend that time that you will not burn for up to five, not up to, but for five hours. So if you go up to an SPF 30, you get yourself uh, you get yourself 97% blockage of the UVB rays. And what that does is it gets you 10 hours in the sun. Now, now think about this one, though. If you head up, pack up your car, head up to the beach, head down to the Jersey Shore, head, head down to uh, you know the Long Island beaches or go up to Cape Cod or whatever, how are you going to get 10 hours of sun a day? It's pretty hard to do. It really is. So is an FPF, SPF 30 really necessary? I'm not sure. I think for the average person, no, it isn't. All right, I'm Dr. Perry. I'm the board-certified plastic surgeon with the radio show. 
you can give me a call, 800-321-0710. Tonight, we're going to be talking, yes, about you. We're going to be talking about your nose, your nose. It's right there in the middle of your face, and we're talking about rhinoplasty surgery tonight. We're also going to talk about the safety, and this one's for Mary, of, of nitrous oxide anesthesia in the office. You know, there are many doctors and dentists now doing that. We're going to talk about that, whether or not it is safe. We're going to, of course, take your phone calls, and uh, and we've got a great show planned for you. So give me a call, 800-321-0710. So what is this about daytime? Well, once again, it is not just a an SPF 20 sunscreen, but it's a skin protector. I've got 5% niacinamide in there. Now, the FDA tells me that uh, we cannot make claims for niacinamide for an over-the-counter product like mine. Um, so I can't tell you that daytime does certain things because of niacinamide, but I can quote the literature. And the literature with 5% niacinamide is pretty good. And what it does is it decreases the uh, actinic keratoses, decreases squamous cell carcinomas and basal cell carcinomas. And the interesting thing about niacin or niacinamide, you can put it on your skin the way uh, it's in my skin creams, or you can eat it. Don't eat my skin cream, but you can eat the, uh, the vitamin. And it has a similar protective effect. So it's a good thing to do. It was published in the New England Journal of Medicine several years ago. Niacinamide is uh, one of the best ingredients for your skin. All right, so 800-321-0710 is the number. Let's talk a little about, about nitrous oxide. Now, a, a, uh, an interested party whose name will go uh, under, let's say, let's call her, it's like the Seinfeld episode, let's call her Mary. Uh, she wanted to know about nitrous oxide for office procedures because uh, there are websites out there that advertise it. And, and if you look on the Internet, you'll see... Some physicians, not many, but a lot of dentists and a lot of medispas that are advertising nitrous oxide for things like Botox and wrinkle fillers. So the, the question is, is that safe? What is nitrous oxide? Nitrous oxide is an anesthetic gas. Turns out it's been uh, in use, in popular use, since World War One. World War One. it was one of the few anesthetic agents that they had then. And it was uh, life-saving because you could uh, amputate a leg or do an appendectomy with nitrous oxide anesthesia, and people could tolerate that, whereas uh, you know, before the era of anesthetics, you had ether, uh, and that was about 1870-something, I believe. Uh, before that, it was just getting good and drunk before you had your leg cut, cut off. So uh, nitrous oxide is one of the older anesthetics. But... If you follow the, the uh, lay press, you'll see about one a year children, one child a year in the, in the tri-state area will die from an anesthetic death in this area. It's really true. Uh, and they're in dental offices usually. And so, you know, why is that? Why does that happen? You know, there's a big difference between the standard that MDs, physicians, and dentists use uh, for providing sedation anesthesia. Now, in the state of New Jersey, it is illegal for a physician like myself to provide intravenous sedation or general anesthesia. We have to have an anesthesiologist do it, and for good reason. I have my job, and that is whatever the surgical procedure is to do, and the anesthesiologist has his or her job, and that is to provide a safe environment 
to provide uh, sedation or general anesthesia, and also to monitor blood pressure, pulse rate, oxygen, carbon dioxide levels, things like that. So if you expect the surgeon to do it, then you kind of have him or her doing two jobs, and, and that's not necessarily a good thing. I've got to pay attention to what I'm doing, not pay attention to someone's blood pressure when I'm trying to operate or, or even do filler. So let's talk about nitrous oxide. So what is it? It's an anesthetic gas, and it's, it's called laughing gas. Uh, some people abuse it in the form of whippets. Uh, but what it really does is it kind of paralyzes your brain to a certain extent. If you think about it, how is it that you could breathe in this gas and have less pain? Well, it's obviously doing something very profound to your brain. And the question then is, is it safe? And there's a lot of literature and a lot of unfortunate deaths from this procedure. You know, granted, they're not hundreds and thousands, but there are deaths. And uh, in fact, the, the real problems with nitrous oxide come when nitrous oxide is combined with even an oral sedative or even something as simple as Benadryl. Uh, because what it does, it's a neurotoxin. That's what nitrous oxide is. Um, and it combines with these other substances to cause more profound effects on the heart and the lungs and things like that. Well, it turns out it's, it's actually a neurotoxin. I like to talk about things that are healthy for you and uh, not necessarily give you a, a neurotoxin, but that's what nitrous oxide is. Um, and uh, it, it's particularly bad for developing brains. So little kids or uh, growing children, particularly bad, and you really want to limit it, but that's where it's used all the time in offices. Um, what it does is uh, it's, it's kind of similar to ketamine, which is another drug, uh, but what it does is it increases the levels of homocysteine in your body, and that is linked to death of nerves and possibly even cognitive defects. That means you take enough of it, uh, you could have some problems. Now, look, for a 20-minute exposure, it's probably not going to do anything like that, but let's say you're having Botox every couple months. Let's say it's an average of every four months, and then you have filler maybe twice a year, so you're getting nitrous oxide maybe uh, you know half a dozen times a year. Uh, that's not particularly a good thing. Now, how about the people in the office? Now, for a physician in the operating room, you know these are very heavily regulated, and there is not a lot of gas that gets away from the patient gets into the air so that the doctors and nurses breathe it in in the operating room. There's not a lot because there are these things called scavenger systems in the operating room. But I've seen in these medi spas, uh, and you can look on the internet, it's just crazy. Uh, people are just putting these uh, nitrous oxide uh, delivery devices on their noses, and uh, and the uh, substance is going into the air. I, uh, I worry a lot about the nurses, the doctors, the technicians that are being chronically exposed to this because that's where it's really, really bad. Anyway, long story short, I reviewed the literature on nitrous oxide anesthesia for things like Botox and things like uh, uh, fillers. And my recommendation is don't you dare do it. Don't do it. It's not safe, in my opinion, not uniformly safe. Not a good idea. You know, these procedures should not hurt uh, when I do uh, fillers, I numb you up like a dentist does. 
I, I numb up the four nerves inside the mouth so that uh, in most cases, I would say 80, 90 percent of cases, uh, people don't feel all that much. And every now and then, you know, there's a little breakthrough discomfort. We also use Emla cream on the skin. That's an anesthetic cream on the skin. And that helps also. And, and that's a very effective way of dealing with the mild discomfort of having filler. With Botox, boy, it's the smallest needle you could possibly have. It's called a 33-gauge needle. If you know what that is, uh, that's the size of an acupuncture needle or an electrolysis needle. And it really should not hurt you if the doctor is using good technique. All right, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. We're going to take a short break. 800 321 is the phone number. Give us a call. We'll be back after these words. Listen carefully if you're interested in beautiful skin. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Good skin care really can improve your appearance. I know you've used many products over the years and haven't seen a difference. So you say, why should I try your skin care, Dr. Perry? Well, here's why. I combine scientifically proven ingredients into just a few products, and that keeps it simple. A study showed my skincare reduced the appearance of wrinkles by 20% and visual signs of aging by 44% at 12 weeks. That's huge, and that's real. Daytime with niacin protects, and nighttime with vitamins A and C nourishes. And Clean Time Cleansing Bar even removes most makeup. I'm offering my basic kit, all three products, for $65 plus shipping. If you use the WOR2019 code, go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or call 844-DR-PERRY to order. To learn more, listen every Saturday at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. Ladies, are you seeing an older person in the mirror? You love your mother, but you might not want to look like her. She was older and you're not. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've spent three decades perfecting techniques to help you look younger. If you have sagging eyelids, wrinkles, jowls, bands in the neck, or splotchy skin, I can help. Botox, wrinkle fillers, a rejuvenating facial laser, or Althera might be just what you need. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scarf facelifts. Let's spend an hour together in my Fifth Avenue or Somerset, New Jersey offices. I'll examine you and will alter your photographs with my new Vectra 3D camera to show you what you could look like after surgery. Schedule a consultation by calling 212-753-1820 or 732-422-9600. On the web, it's periplasticsurgery.com. That's periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? We're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR, and I hope you're enjoying the show and have been uh, enjoying it for the last 15 years. Uh, why don't you give us a call, 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. Joan, you've been hanging on the line. What can I do for you? What is your wrinkle? Yeah. Yes, hello. I, I'd like to know, instead of having Botox for the 11 lines between your eyebrows, can you have surgery to eliminate the lines? That's a great question. And, and you know, that was tried. Um, it's been about 12 or so years ago. There was actually a study, I believe it was at Manhattan Eye and Ear, right here in Manhattan. Where else would Manhattan Eye and Ear be? But uh, they did a study and they did brow lifts. And the old fashioned brow lift, uh, we used to lift up the skin of the brows. And one of the important components of the brow lift was resecting, that means removing some of the muscle 
that brought the brows together and created those 11 lines. So the thought was, let's, uh, let's remove the muscle so you know we don't need Botox or anything like that. We just get rid of it. You can't do it. So they did that operation, and it turns out that the body is so good at fixing itself. You know, when we do these cosmetic operations, your body doesn't know we're doing this for fun. It just thinks it's been injured. So it does whatever it can to kind of piece the muscles back together again, whether it's the muscle in the forehead or the muscle in the arm. Uh, function is so important to the body, regardless of what muscle it is. So with uh, with a repair of the muscle, by the end of one year, almost everyone in that study could move the muscle again, the remnants that were still there, could create that 11 line, and almost all of them restarted their Botox. How's that for a story? It's a true story and a true publication uh, about 12 or so years ago that was. So the answer is surgery doesn't work. Botox does work. What else could work? How about filler? Now, those of you who have listened to me for the last 15 years, you've heard me talk repeatedly about the danger zones of injecting filler. And the worst area of the body that you could inject with filler is right between the brows, those 11 lines. And the reason is that filler can get into the blood vessels behind uh, the, the uh, skin there. And with just very little effort, can those blood vessels connect with the arteries in the veins of the back of the eye. And so we push a little bit of that filler into that, uh, that artery. And then with the very next heartbeat, your body forces that into the eye and you get instant and irreversible blindness. And that has occurred in hundreds and hundreds of people around the world. And in fact, there was a publication a few years ago out of Korea where I think there were almost close to two dozen cases of blindness from injecting in that area. Now, I mean, it's to their credit that they published this, but uh, you know, when I read that study, I said, geez, why are, they still, <laughs> why are they still doing the procedure if they're seeing so many problems? So, so the answer is you do not want to have filler injected into those lines. Uh, that's not a good idea. Now, there's something that I have started doing uh, about a year, year and a half I've been doing, and that is using a solid filler. And what is that? There's a type of a stitch called polydioxinone, otherwise known as PDS. And we can, uh, we can thread that right underneath that wrinkle. And one of the characteristics of that particular stitch is that it generates collagen. And so when we put the stitch or two or three of those stitches underneath the wrinkle, over the course of a few months, we actually can fill in that wrinkle with no danger of that material getting into the blood vessels because it's not a liquid. It's not a gel. It is a, uh, a solid material, so it's not going to travel anywhere. And by the way, you might be wondering, well, how can we inject Botox in that area and not get those problems? Botox is a liquid. If it gets in the blood vessel, nothing at all bad happens. So what do we have to offer in that area? Well, we have uh, Botox, maybe these uh, stitches. Lasers do help those lines, uh, but it works best when you also Botox. So not only do we paralyze the muscle, but we fix the wrinkle by lasering. Uh, to a limited extent, Althera can help that also. So that's what we have to offer, but not surgery. All right, Joan? Okay. <clears throat> yeah, because it could really make a difference in one's appearance if the 11 lines are eliminated. 
And that is why six and a half million people had Botox last year. Six and a half million people in the United States. It's a, it's a remarkable thing. That's a very, very popular drug uh, for good reason. It is extremely safe. And, and by the way, there are three different, four now, four different Botox drugs. We use that, that term Botox, but it's actually called botulinum toxin. And in fairness to the other companies, none of which, by the way, are advertisers to this show. That's a hint. One of them should be. Uh, ZMN is one of those, and Disport is another, and the new one, Jejun, which uh, still I don't think is on the market, uh, but it was FDA approved. So there are four, and I heard a rumor that there's another one coming next year. There are all these botulinum toxins, and they are very good. They are very, very safe. Uh, the chance of something bad happening with these things is remote, and when we talk about remote in, uh, in medicine and plastic surgery, that means much less than one in a million uh, of a bad thing happening. Yes, uh, some people can get a headache for an hour or two or three after Botox. Uh, you know, here and there, about maybe one in 10, one in 20 people get a bruise. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but easily coverable with makeup. Uh, very infrequently in my practice, but it does happen every now and then. There's an asymmetry of the brows. I have my patients come in two weeks after uh, their first injection, and we look at the uh, position of the brow, and sometimes we have to do a little bit of a touch-up. Um, and uh, you know, I don't charge my patients for that if, we, if it's necessary, but uh, that's kind of the worst thing I've had happen with Botox. If someone who doesn't know what they're doing in, injects Botox, they can cause uh, double vision. They can cause a droopy eyelid that can actually block vision. Uh, so you can have some pretty bad aesthetic type of things, but they all go away. They all go away uh, when the Botox wears off. There was... One death, believe it or not, from Botox in 2014. This was cosmetic Botox injected into the muscles of the neck, the bands of the neck. Uh, the problem with Botox is it travels one quarter of an inch in all directions. So when we inject it into the forehead or around the eyes, if it goes in, well, it gets stopped by the bones. So it's really a two-dimensional injection in that part of the face. But when we inject in the neck, it goes to the side, it goes up and down, and it goes in a quarter of an inch. And so that's where that person got into trouble. They had a paralysis of some of the swallowing muscles, and they wound up aspirating food into their lungs, getting a pneumonia and dying. Now, I don't know if it was Botox or one of the other botulinum toxins, but it was reported in uh, the federal, I believe, the federal complications report that the Center for Disease Control uh, publishes in 2014. But we're talking about that's the only one I know of, and you're probably talking about 50 million injections during that time course over the last 20-something years. I've been doing Botox, by the way, since 1997. You might call me a pioneer. I hate that word in medicine when someone calls himself a pioneer. But it was pretty early in the Botox world, 1997, so it's 22 years of Botox. And some of the people that I started injecting in 1997, I still see back every four to six months for their Botox injections. All right, Joan, thanks so much for the phone call. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And the phone number, once again, 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. All right, so what about rhinoplasties? Rhinoplasties, it's a big word, isn't it? And it's a funny word, rhino, sounds like an animal. But the rhino, rhino means nose, and that's where the animal gets the, the name also. 
rhino and plasty means change the shape of. So a rhinoplasty is just changing the shape of a nose. It's one of the procedures that I love to do. It is the most creative procedure in all of plastic surgery. It's the most difficult procedure for a plastic surgeon to learn. It takes 100 rhinoplasties to start feeling good about doing the operation. 100. It's a, uh, so it's a pretty steep learning curve. There are some procedures that we do that it's much less than 100. In fact, some procedures, it only takes a dozen or so to feel proficient at a procedure. But a rhinoplasty, it takes a lot more than that. And that's one of the reasons there are so many bad rhinoplasties walking around. Uh, you can see them uh, all the time. Turned up noses, overshortened noses, noses that are way too small, asymmetric noses. Uh, you know, you can see them on the streets of, uh, of Manhattan and all over. Uh, so what is a rhinoplasty? How is it done? Most people who have or who want a rhinoplasty, um, their noses are too large. And we know that. They might have a big hump or a big wide nose or a bulbous tip. You know, that's that Carl Malden tip. Remember Carl Malden? Uh, he had that really big uh, nose. I would have loved to have done his rhinoplasty. He never had one. Um, but, uh, but a rhinoplasty is an operation that changes the shape of the cartilages of the nose and the bones of the nose. So if you're not driving, go ahead and feel your nose while no one else is looking. Feel the bone way up high. Between your eyes, you feel the bone. And if you push on that, it doesn't go anywhere. But then if you slide down your nose to the middle of your nose, there's a cartilage there. And that cartilage is movable. Not real movable, but movable. And uh, that cartilage is one of the cartilages that's altered in a rhinoplasty. And then if you feel the tip of your nose, you have an extremely movable cartilage. And the reason uh, our nose was designed this way is because it's sitting right out there in the open. It gets elbowed. It gets punched. It gets uh, really manhandled uh, more than you would imagine. And you don't think about it because we were created in such a wonderful way uh, that your nose can be kind of whacked and uh, it doesn't break in most cases, although it does if you hit it hard enough. And in fact, the nose is the most easily broken bone of the body. Uh, a lot of people break their noses and don't even realize it. I actually witnessed my wife's nose being broken. My daughter was, uh, I guess, about one year old, and my wife was playing with her on the bed, and my, my little daughter at the time sat up and whacked her right in the nose. And I saw <laughs> my, no my uh, wife's nose bled a little bit, and I walked over to it, and I pushed the bones back into position. Now, as a plastic surgeon, Usually we don't get to see the injuries and treat the injuries as they occur. So it was, a, it was very interesting to me to see how easily the bones popped back into position because usually I see people uh, two hours, four hours, maybe a day, maybe two days after the injury where they've broken their nose, and there's so much swelling and bruising that it's a little more difficult to move those bones back. Uh, but we're not talking about nasal fractures now. We're talking about rhinoplasties. We're going to take a short break. We've got another half hour to the show, and I'll open by talking a little bit more about what I do in a rhinoplasty and how we do it and uh, what are the benefits, what are the risks of rhinoplasty surgery. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon. 800-321-0710 is the number. Give me a call. We'll be back after these words. Listen carefully if you're interested in beautiful skin. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Good skincare really can improve your appearance. I know you've used many products over the years and haven't seen a difference. So you say, why should I try your skincare, Dr. Perry? Well, here's why. 
I combine scientifically proven ingredients into just a few products, and that keeps it simple. A study showed my skincare reduced the appearance of wrinkles by 20% and visual signs of aging by 44% at 12 weeks. That's huge, and that's real. Daytime with niacin protects, and nighttime with vitamins A and C nourishes. And Clean Time Cleansing Bar even removes most makeup. I'm offering my basic kit, all three products, for $65 plus shipping if you use the WOR2019 code. Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or call 844-DR-PERRY to order. To learn more, listen every Saturday at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. Ladies, are you seeing an older person in the mirror? You love your mother, but you might not want to look like her. She was older, and you're not. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've spent three decades perfecting techniques to help you look younger. If you have sagging eyelids, wrinkles, jowls, bands in the neck, or splotchy skin, I can help. Botox, wrinkle fillers, a rejuvenating facial laser, or Althera might be just what you need. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar facelifts. Let's spend an hour together in my Fifth Avenue or Somerset, New Jersey offices. I'll examine you and will alter your photographs with my new Vectra 3D camera to show you what you could look like after surgery. Schedule a consultation by calling 212-753-1820 or 732-422-9600. On the web, it's periplasticsurgery.com. That's periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? We are back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR, the phone number 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. So have you tried Plexiderm yet? Have you? I bet a lot of you have. This is a great substance, and my good friend John Greenhut's company has a Plexiderm. And uh, I'll tell you something. If you've seen the commercials, and they're on a lot of cable uh, channels, it's quite dramatic. Uh, what is Plexiderm? Well, it will get rid of your wrinkles. It will get rid of the bags under your eyes almost instantly, literally in a couple minutes. But, of course, it's temporary because it's not really getting rid of the bags. It's just getting rid of the appearance of bags and the appearance of wrinkles. And there's a big, big difference. So if you look at something like my nighttime serum, well, that's real skincare, And over the course of weeks, months, and years can actually cause your skin to kind of thicken, can generate collagen. It does all sorts of things. It decreases the appearance of wrinkles, but in a real way. But, but. What if you're going out tonight? You've got this really big date. Or you're going on TV tomorrow. Ah, you've got the appearance. And you look in the mirror and you see those bags under your eyes. What do you do? Well, you reach for Plexiderm. Plexiderm, you put it on. It's made of a silicone material. And it really does work. You put it on. And they, by the way, they've refined the delivery system now. It's much nicer than it used to be. Um, and you put it on and you watch as your bags go away or you put it on your wrinkles around your crow's feet or on your face. It'll even lift the jowls a little bit, and, uh, and you put it on and then go ahead and put your powder makeup on top of it and then go ahead, go out to whatever it is you've got to do. But as soon as you wash your face or put a cream-based makeup or something like that on, well, the effect goes right away. But that's okay. It's, it's kind of the, what is it, the Cinderella procedure where... Uh, you know, the midnight comes and you look just like you did before. So you have to uh, make sure the lights are out. No, we won't go there. Anyway, John has given me an 800 number, and uh, you can use that 800 number to get half off of Plexiderm. Ready? 
Write this down. It's very important. 800-925-9963. That's 800-925-9963. Once again, 800-925-9963 for Plexiderm. And you get your 50% off offer. And, and make sure you use that number. If you see another number anywhere, like on the carton or whatever, you're not going to get that 50% off. So use that one. All right. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR, the phone number 800-321-0710. I think we've got Jacqueline. Jacqueline, what can I do for you? What's your wrinkle? Dr. Perry, hello. Um, hello. I, have, I had heard that Botox can be used uh, for sweat glands, to suppress the sweat glands, and I happen to have very sweaty feet, so I'm wondering if that is true. Well, yes, it is true, and Botox has been used to control sweating in the underarms, which is called the axilla, uh, also the palms of the hands, and the, the soles of the feet. So yes, it works, but that's only uh, half of the answer. I, I don't do that. I don't inject it in those areas. Uh, maybe I would under the arms, but I have to tell you something. I, I think it would hurt an awful lot to have maybe 40 injections in the palm of my hand or the sole of my feet. I, I personally don't think I could tolerate it. Uh, there's a reason why there's sweat, by the way. And if you remove the sweat from your hands, you have difficulty gripping things. And if you remove it from your feet, well, you know, if you're wearing socks and shoes, it probably doesn't make much of a difference. But if you're trying to go barefoot, uh, you will actually slide around if you were to walk on a hardwood floor or something like that without that little bit of moisture uh, that God has provided for you. Now, you may have more than, uh, than average. Uh, but, you know, my opinion is it's not the best use of Botox. And I personally would not inject it. And I wouldn't use it. Underarms, maybe. Uh, but I would uh, maybe talk to your dermatologist and uh, and talk about a medicinal treatment. You know, one of the one of the drugs or uh, or one of the uh, creams that uh, the dermatologists have up their sleeve for uh, to decrease sweating. Uh, if not, just one of those uh, over the counter preparations. But you know, it works. But just because it works doesn't mean you should do it. And I mean, can you imagine getting all those injections into the soles of your feet? Could you tolerate that, Jack? No. Why so many though? Why forty? <laughs> Well, because it spreads, remember what I said, Botox will spread one quarter inch in all directions, right? So if you want to uh, treat the whole sole of your foot, uh, just divide it up. You can draw the dots on your, uh, on your uh, uh, foot yourself, and you can see, uh, you know, draw a dot, then move over, you know, a quarter inch, third of an inch or so, and draw another dot and draw all those dots. You'll see that's a lot of injections that have to be uh, used. No, I, I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to do I that. Definitely do. not. <laughs> I have used you know, topical so, treatments before, so I just was wondering if there was any other option besides those. Yeah, you know, there's another one out there. There's a machine uh, that is called MiraDry uh, that is it uses microwaves. It's not for the feet. It's used for the underarms, and it will destroy the the uh, sweat glands uh, that produce sweat and odor, and also remove hair. And you say, well, this sounds great, right? But I've thought about this, and, and I sure would not want my body microwaved. I don't know about you. No. You know, we do all <laughs> no. sorts of fun things. You, you know, there are, in my opinion, some safe things that we do. The laser is safe. Sound energy is safe. 
Microwaves. Re remember the old days when microwaves first came out? We were afraid to have them in our kitchens, and you had exactly. all these. Yeah, you know, I would not want to be microwaved, and I wouldn't want. <laughs> sorry uh, to the company, but that it's just not something I would want to do. And really, what it's doing is it's cooking the tissue underneath the skin. You have to numb it up, and it's cooking the tissue under the skin, much like you would cook a hot dog in your microwave oven. So, not for me either. What can I say? Uh, you I'm know, just there's... surprised that there's nothing as far as the laser. Everything is done with laser nowadays, and I'm just surprised that there isn't anything that the laser uh, can do for sweat glands. No, no, not not yet. I mean, the laser is a very targeted type of light energy, and it requires a specific color of a material to attack. So the laser, if you think of the uh, light of the rainbow, uh, you know, there's all different colors, and the laser is one very specific color. So we use lasers. If you've got a red mark on your face, we use a laser that gets absorbed just by the red. So it leaves everything else alone. If you've got hair, it's a laser that absor is absorbed by dark brown or black. Tattoos, all the different colors. The laser are very, are very specific. And when you have wrinkles, it's tuned to the water in your skin, so it just basically vaporizes the skin. And, and then you go through a healing where you shrink the area and you generate collagen. But when we're talking about targeting a specific gland, I, I don't know how a laser would be able to do that specifically because we can't focus a laser underneath the skin like we can sound or we can even uh, uh, focus microwaves. But we can't focus a laser that way. It destroys what it goes through in order to get to the end point. Well, I appreciate it. I knew that if there was some other solution that you would certainly know about it. So that's why I called you. Well, thank you very much for the phone call and uh, have a great weekend. Thank you. You as uh, well. Thank you. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And, uh, you know, there's all sorts of new things that come and go. I've been reading the plastic surgery literature, believe it or not, since I was a freshman in college, 1974. That's how I got interested in plastic surgery. My study breaks were to go to the Library of Science and Medicine at Rutgers and pull a plastic surgery book off the shelf and read it. Yeah, that's what I did for fun in college. And, and I got interested in plastic surgery that way. And I've been reading the literature since then, and I have seen so many things come and go. And it, it's really quite amazing when you go to the uh, annual plastic surgery meetings and you see half a dozen companies saying, this is the next big thing in plastic surgery. And they're touting it. And then you go back three years later, and that's gone completely. It's, it, it came, it went, there were complications, forget about it. So we have to be very careful, you as a consumer, and me as a plastic surgeon, in choosing technology and procedures, because so many of them are, are gone. I mean, think of the endoscopic brow lift. How about that one? The endoscopic brow lift was the hottest thing in the uh, 19, I guess, mid-1990s. I mean, everyone was doing it. We were all taking our training courses. That's where we make a small incision, five, six small incisions in the scalp, go down, lift up the forehead, uh, and go down and destroy that muscle like I was talking about earlier in the show, and then hike up the forehead, and, uh, and it turns out that uh, no one's doing it now. I mean, there are still people that are doing that procedure, but it was the hot procedure. No one's doing it. And the reason they're not doing it is because it wasn't real effective for the long term. 
Uh, there were a fair number of complications. It was a very difficult procedure to learn. And, uh, and what happened was we found out that the endoscope, which is an instrument that has a camera in the end of it, wasn't even necessary to do this procedure. We could actually use some of those techniques and lift the brow without the endoscope. So it is, it is interesting to see what's come and gone. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. So we were talking about rhinoplasties. Rhinoplasties are, you know, some people call them nose jobs. I hate that word. It's, it's such a derogatory term, nose job. You know, we don't, we don't want to say that. It's a rhinoplasty. If you want, another way to talk about it is nasal reshaping. That's, that's probably a nicer word. So most people who come to me, I have to say there are two groups of women that come to me for rhinoplasties. Uh, one are late teenagers, well, starting from about 14, they start, and but mostly 16, 18 to 20-year-olds, and into the young 20s. That's the big group of people that have their noses done. A lot of people have it at the end of high school. I'm doing one this week. Uh, end of high school, before college. Uh, and, uh, you know, that way, when people see them in college, they just see, well, that's what they look like. They don't remember. They didn't have that memory of someone with a larger nose. You know, there's still a stigma attached to some of these things, although we're much better than we used to be, probably because of all these TV shows that popularize cosmetic surgery. More people talk about their surgery. More people show their photographs. I know I had uh, many patients right after their various surgeries, some of which uh, show parts of their body that you don't want to see online, but many people have actually put pictures of themselves recovering on Facebook. So it is interesting uh, to see that happen because it did happen 30 years ago. But So with a rhinoplasty, uh, the biggest group of uh, women that I operate on are the older teenagers, young 20s, but then there's another group. There's a second group that are women that have had their children that probably did not have the financial means to have a rhinoplasty when they were 16 or 18 or 22. But after their children, so their late 30s, early 40s, they have decided uh, it's time and their nose has bothered them all these years and they come in and have a rhinoplasty. And a rhinoplasty is a very, very nice procedure. It's a procedure that I prefer to do under general anesthesia. That means you're asleep for the procedure. And the reason for that, the early part of my career, I did those all under sedation because you can do them under sedation. But it turns out that it's actually safer, safer for you as a patient to have it under general anesthesia with a board-certified anesthesiologist because a good general anesthetic by that board-certified anesthesiologist, and I think that's very important, particularly if you're going to be in an office, by the way, you ask for the board-certified anesthesiologist. They're just as important for these procedures as the plastic surgeon. So uh, when you have that, your airway is protected as opposed to profound sedation where your airway isn't, and you might have a little bleeding behind your nose, and you might aspirate some blood. Uh, so it's actually safer for you to have general anesthesia for this particular procedure. So I like to do these under general anesthesia. And when we come back from our break, I'm going to talk to you about the actual, what I actually do in that rhinoplasty procedure. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. The phone number 800-321-0710. There's another segment to the show. Do not touch the dial. We'll be right back. Listen carefully if you're interested in beautiful skin. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Good skin care really can improve your appearance. I know you've used many products over the years and haven't seen a difference. 
So you say, why should I try your skincare, Dr. Perry? Well, here's why. I combine scientifically proven ingredients into just a few products, and that keeps it simple. A study showed my skincare reduced the appearance of wrinkles by 20% and visual signs of aging by 44% at 12 weeks. That's huge, and that's real. Daytime with niacin protects, and nighttime with vitamins A and C nourishes. And Clean Time Cleansing Bar even removes most makeup. I'm offering my basic kit, all three products, for $65 plus shipping if you use the WOR2019 code. Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or call 844-DR-PERRY to order. To learn more, listen every Saturday at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. Ladies, are you seeing an older person in the mirror? You love your mother, but you might not want to look like her. She was older and you're not. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've spent three decades perfecting techniques to help you look younger. If you have sagging eyelids, wrinkles, jowls, bands in the neck, or splotchy skin, I can help. Botox, wrinkle fillers, a rejuvenating facial laser, or Althera might be just what you need. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scarf facelifts. Let's spend an hour together in my Fifth Avenue or Somerset, New Jersey offices. I'll examine you and will alter your photographs with my new Vectra 3D camera to show you what you could look like after surgery. Schedule a consultation by calling 212-753-1820 or 732-422-9600. On the web, it's periplasticsurgery.com. That's periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? What is your wrinkle? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. This is the show about you. You can still give us a call. There's a little bit of time left, 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710, right here at WOR. All right, so we were talking about rhinoplasty, but before we get to rhinoplasty, have you guys, uh, anyone look for a rental apartment in New York lately? Have you looked? You know, they're uh, really, it's an amazing thing for $3,000, for $2,700. Some of these apartments are just terrible. And you look, and there's roaches and this and that. Well, my good friend Bobby Fallon from Highland Falls, New York, has the remedy for the New York rental market. Well, I'll tell you, she's got properties in Highland Falls that are absolutely incredible. And they can be yours for probably less than that $2,700 a month that that uh, fairly disgusting apartment in Manhattan uh, brings in. So uh, call Bobby Fallon. First, I'm going to give you her number. Then we're going to talk about one of the properties that she has. It's 845-446-2238. If you're sitting in Manhattan, you know, in the old days, in the 1920s and 1930s, 1940s, when it got hot like this in Manhattan, the horses would, uh, you know, they'd uh, do their thing in the streets and the, the, the sweltering heat and it smelled and it was disgusting. So everybody went up to the Catskills. That's why the Catskills got famous. And so many people went up there to get out of the heat of the city. I know my grandparents did. And uh, and the Catskills are a little north of Highland Falls. Highland Falls is 41 miles north of the city, but it's absolutely beautiful. Hudson Valley is incredible. It's cooler than the city. You've got a great view, and you can get a house for the price of a studio, a house in Highland Falls. 
And in fact, there's one at 58 Undiora Park, the nicest section of Highland Falls, overlooking the Hudson River. It's three bedrooms. It's got a half acre lot and it overlooks. You could sit there with your binoculars and look at the sailboats and all the boats on the Hudson River. It's absolutely beautiful. Whether or not you move up there or just go up for the weekend and, and get out of the city so that you can breathe, well, give Bobby Fallon a call. I think it's on the market for five hundred thirty-nine thousand dollars. Five hundred thirty-nine. She just lowered it. Uh, an incredible value. Fifty-eight on your Park. Give her a call. Eight four five four four six two two three eight. Or you could rent that dirt ball place in Manhattan uh, for uh, twenty-seven hundred dollars a month. You could do that too, I suppose, if you really wanted to. All right, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle. WOR's program here at 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. We were talking about rhinoplasties, and they're my favorite operation. And they're my favorite operation because they are the most creative procedure in all of plastic surgery. No two noses are alike. You know that when you look at people. And no two operations should be alike. There are doctors that do what's called a signature rhinoplasty. And you know who those doctors are. I won't mention their names, but you can see when someone walks the streets of Woodmere or walks the streets of the Upper East Side or places in New Jersey or Beverly Hills, and you look at their nose and you say, ah, that nose was done by that doctor. Well, that's bad because you are an individual and your nose is an individual nose and every nose should be performed. Every rhinoplasty should be be performed very individually. That means an operation is designed by the plastic surgeon specifically for you. And there are lots and lots of different steps in a rhinoplasty. There are literally hundreds of different maneuvers that can be done in a rhinoplasty, and each nose gets some of those, not all of those. So if your nose is large, what we what I like to do is something called an open rhinoplasty, and that means I make an incision across the narrowest uh, part of the skin between your nostrils. That is called, you ready for This is your word for the day. It's the columella, little column in Latin, right? Columella. And we make an incision across that, and the rest of the incisions are inside the nose. Now, this defines what's called an open rhinoplasty. Back in the old days, from uh, the advent of rhinoplasty in the early part of the 20th century to about, uh, about 25 years or so ago, the most of the rhinoplasties were closed. That means all of them, all the incisions were done on the inside of the nose. And the operation was very difficult. It still is very difficult, but it's much more straightforward if we make an incision and actually lift up the skin and look at the structures of the nose as opposed to peering through this little tiny incision and uh, doing a lot of it by feel. So that's the closed rhinoplasty. Most of us now, probably 80, 90% of plastic surgeons, do what's called an open rhinoplasty. That means I make an incision, and we make incisions inside the nose and lift up. Okay, those of you who are squeamish, don't listen. We lift up the skin of the nose like the hood of the car, <laughs> and I'm looking at the engine of the car, right? I'm looking at the cartilages and bones of your nose, and I can make direct incisions. I can shave down the bone. So if you've got a bony hump, we shave it. And the instruments that are used, yeah, they're rasps. They're chisels. These are carpentry instruments. That's how they started anyway, but they're very refined. I mean, my, you know, my, my rasps cost $300 a piece. There's, if you go to Home Depot, I don't think you, you pay that for a rasp. Uh, but the 
The fine rasps that we use in rhinoplasty are diamond-tipped, and they are very, very accurate how much bone we take off. So we take a little bit of that bone off, and we, uh, we then take a little bit of the cartilage off, and that's the, the hump of the nose. But if you look at the nose straight on after that hump has been removed, it looks too wide. So we actually have to make cuts in the bone in most cases and bend the bones back. Oh, sounds brutal, doesn't it? It's really not. It's a very refined operation, and you don't hear bones snap and things like that. Uh, it really is uh, quite a nice operation. So we we take down the uh, what's called the dorsum of the nose. That's the uh, the hump of the nose, and then we narrow the nose. And then if you look at the nose, the tip is even wider in that situation than it was before. Everything is linked to another part of the nose. So a lot of times people come into my office and they say, I just want this done. You know, and sometimes that's possible, but usually it's not because when we do something to one part of the nose, it affects the way the other part of the nose looks. So often the nose is too long and we have to actually shorten it. And often the tip is bulbous or asymmetric. And so we have to sculpt the cartilages. Those are the really mobile cartilages of the tip of the nose. Uh, and we sculpt those, so I remove some usually, and then I use stitches to shape the remaining, uh, the remaining cartilages and actually make them more symmetrical. And then when, when that looks good, we put the skin back. And how, by the way, do we decide what looks good? And a lot of people ask me, well, you know, if it's swollen, if you've injected with anesthetic and uh, it's swelled, how do you tell? Well, the way we tell is by a lot of experience. That's one. And two, um, careful analysis before surgery. So I see people twice before their rhinoplasty surgery. And I take photographs, both two-dimensional photographs and now three-dimensional photographs, with uh, what's called the Vectra camera. And I make changes in the nose with these different uh, uh, 2D and 3D techniques. And I look and I ask the patient, you know, is this something that you like? And we arrive at, at an appearance that we're both happy with. Sometimes I can't get there with a patient. And I've had maybe two or three patients over the last 30 years that no matter what I did with the computer simulation, they just were not there. And they said, nah, not really. I don't like that. Well, then we don't operate on those people. Because if I can't arrive at a solution with a computer that you like, there's no way I'm going to make you happy after surgery. And so not every rhinoplasty is done the same way. In fact, they're all done differently. And, uh, and every person has their own desires as to what they want to look like. Now, when someone brings in the picture of a celebrity, I get nervous because I'm not going to make you look like whoever that celebrity is. I'm only going to make you look like you, but better. And it's, it's very interesting. I've done sisters, several sisters now, uh, where one wants a dramatic change in her nose, and the others, I had one say, oh, I mean, you're, I know you made my sister's nose very beautiful and cute, but I hate it because I don't want that. I just want the hump removed. And, uh, and I listen to you, and we want to make it just the way you want it. Now, when we have that computer simulation, that doesn't mean that the nose is going to come out, going to come out that way uh, because there's so many vagaries in healing. Rhinoplasties are the procedure in plastic surgery that requires the most redos, and that's not because I or 
any other plastic surgeon is not good, uh, but that's because there are differences in healing. And if I did the same operation in two people, it would come out differently with a rhinoplasty. If you heal differently, if you make a little bit more scar or contract the tissue, it can look different. So there's one plastic surgeon in San Francisco who's recognized as one of the best in the world, and he has a 20% redo rate, and he tells his patients, Uh, It's a two-part operation. I'm going to do it, and then we're going to go back a year later and maybe do something else. (laughs) It's an interesting approach to rhinoplasty. And, uh, and, you know, this is a, one of the great plastic surgeons. So most plastic surgeons quote about a 15% redo rate. And, uh, you know, I always say if someone tells you, well, I don't have to redo a rhinoplasty ever, well, my chief at the University of Chicago, uh, the late Tom Krizik, used to say there's only two types of surgeons that don't ever have to redo a rhinoplasty, and those are liars or ones that have done three operations. They just haven't gotten there yet. So rhinoplasty is such an interesting operation, such a satisfying operation. I've taken introverts and made extroverts out of them. When you take a someone who is just a shame. It's too bad that society is this way, but there are people that are just, they don't like their appearance and they're afraid to date, they're afraid to get out in public, and when we change their nose, there can be some very dramatic changes in their personality also, and hopefully for the better. All right, well, Noah's starting to wave his hands. He's saying, hey, show's over, buddy. Facebook, go to Facebook. I posted one of my medical minutes. You're gonna want wanna watch that. And also, don't forget, it's not coming up yet, but the day after July 4th, which means July 5th, we're going to be on Good Morning New York, and uh, it's a great appearance. So please, mark that on your calendar and watch that. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon. We're here every Saturday night at 6 p.m. during the week. Check me out at perryplasticsurgery.com. Thanks so much for great engineering, Noah. We'll see everybody on the air next week. Bye-bye now.